citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and superb way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, in line at the supermarket, or even making a tasty lunch. Oh yeah, so I'm joined here in the Barcelona studio, actually in person for the first time ever, with Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? Yay, we made it. <laughs> I'm great, thanks. It's so nice to be recording together in person. It's a new experience, but it's very nice. It is. We're actually meeting each other in person for the first time ever because Andrea actually joined us during the kind of corona epidemic. And so this has been the first time that we've actually been able to get together in person. And it's been uh, it's been kind of like a weird thing that we feel like we know each other, but we haven't met in person. So it's kind of like this new, this novelty of the experience and everything, right? Yeah, it's it's a bit different. Obviously, I still feel like I, I know you and we've been working together for a few months now, but it's nice to actually see the person in front of you. Totally. I guess we can't so much like hug and everything yet because of the COVID and stuff, but it's yeah. nice like being in the same space at the very least. Uh, so today we're talking about a really fantastic topic. We hope it'll be really helpful for you. So usually on this podcast, we talk about like the things that you are supposed to do to improve your English, to improve your speaking. But today, what are we discussing, Andrea? So today we're talking about what you should not do when you speak in English. So we've got seven top tips, seven things not to do when you speak in English. Exactly. Now this is actually, we have a blog over an article, we're currently working on a video on this topic, but we thought it would be fun just to have a casual conversation around it first uh, and kind of like share some of these tidbits of knowledge with you. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy it and we feel that it'll be really, really useful. So you can check out the blog post as well and the lesson when that comes out on YouTube as well. And we'll link all of that over on reallifeglobal.com. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's jump into today's shout out. So today's shout out comes from an anonymous person from Stitcher. So unfortunately, we can't actually say their name, but if you're out there listening to this, we really appreciate that you went and took the time to leave us a five-star review. So they say, highly recommended. Thank you, Real Life Hosts, for all the useful and entertaining resources you put at our disposal. I appreciate your Real Life method that makes me learn English in a funny, natural, and exciting way. Thank you for your generosity and sharing your personal experiences. Your show has made a real impact on my English. So again, thanks so much for doing that. And if you want us to shout you out on our next podcast, it's really simple. You just have to head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review. And the other really great thing about this is that you're helping other learners from around the world to take their fluency to the next level with us. So that said, let's roll into today's quote. Okay, so today's quote is quite fitting for our topic of discussion. It's by George Bernard Shaw, and it is, Confidence is silent, insecurities are loud. So very short and sweet, right? Yeah, a short and sweet one um, for today's podcast, but a really good message, I think. So basically, what does he mean that confidence is silent and insecurities are loud? So we'll discuss this a little bit more when we get into the main topic, but what he's saying is, 
you know, if you're confident and you're really good at something, you don't have to be really loud and boast about it. You know, you can have that confidence within you mm-hmm. without um, without getting cocky or arrogant. <laughs> what does that mean, cocky? If someone gets cocky, they get really arrogant and mm-hmm. yeah, just show off a bit too much. They're full of themselves, you might say as well, right? Yeah. And insecurities allowed, um, you know, we'll discuss this again in the main topic, but if you're, if you're insecure about something, often you can show it. So it's, it's a lot easier to see and maybe to hide, or if you're very insecure about it, you're more likely to talk about it. You might say to people, oh, I don't speak English very well, or I'm really sorry for my English, mm-hmm. which we're going to discuss are things that you shouldn't really do when learning a language. Exactly. I think it's like really that thing too, that people who truly are confident, they don't need to show off about it. They don't need to, you know, really do something to flaunt their confidence. It's just like something that people can feel. You can like really notice when someone is confident by their presence. So I think that um, that's perfect for today's podcast. So that said, let's jump into today's main topic. So today we are talking all about the seven things that you should not do when speaking English. So sometimes it can be very helpful to know what not to do in order to do something better. So we have seven very common mistakes that we see all the time with English learners that I'm sure you have made these in the past or maybe you still make them uh, currently. And we hope to talk about this a little bit and to inspire you to stop doing some of these things, to start working on them. So what is the first one, Andrea? So the first one is don't be too ashamed to speak. That is perfect because you can't really improve your speaking without speaking. Exactly. And what normally happens is if you're low in confidence or you make a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. then you're, you're less likely to speak. But as you just said, then if you don't speak a lot, then you're really not going to improve. Um, you need to kind of come, come up against that barrier and, and really try not to think about it too much. Don't feel embarrassed because the more you practice, the more you're going to improve. Mm -hmm. You have to just do it, just get started, right? Exactly. I think this too, it's really funny because like you'll you'll meet a lot of people who, a lot of English learners who say like, I don't really speak English, you know, and then you get in a conversation with them and you realize they actually do like, they know a lot, they have a lot of knowledge and everything. And it just kind of was this like fear that, you know, if they said that they do speak English, then they would be judged by all their mistakes and everything. So this was something um, I found quite funny one time when my mom came to visit me here in Barcelona and I was working and she was going out on her own a lot and she doesn't speak Spanish. So she would like go and uh, into shops and stuff and she would like very politely ask like, do you speak English? And she would notice a lot that this exact same thing would happen, that people would be like, no, I don't really speak it. And then she would like ask questions and stuff and they would like start opening up and she'd be like, you speak really wonderful English. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times English learners have this kind of fear, they're ashamed that, you know, natives are going to judge them if they don't really know a ton. But I think just by being kind of open, being helpful or being curious about other people, you might be really surprised by the results. Definitely. And that's happened to me a lot here as well, especially Mm. at the beginning when I would ask people, do you speak English? And they would say no. And then it turned out that they spoke really well that I could, Mm -hmm. I could 
totally understand them. And I always made the effort to congratulate someone on their English as well for making that effort and to tell mm -hmm. them you speak really well, um, you know, to encourage them, to give them that confidence then so mm -hmm. that maybe the next time um, when someone asks them if they speak English, they would say yes and be a bit more confident to do so. I've actually had it the other way sometimes as well when I've asked someone, do you speak English? And they say yes, quite confidently. <laughs> And then they find it more difficult to communicate, but that's okay because that means that they're confident to say, yes, I speak English mm -hmm. and they could understand everything that I was saying. It just took them longer um, or it was a bit more difficult for them to communicate what they wanted to say to me. Mm -hmm. But that's not a bad thing. That's also a really good thing because the more they practice, the more they will improve again. Mm -hmm. They're putting themselves out there, right? Taking the risk. Exactly. So the next thing that you shouldn't do is very closely related to this. And what is it, Andrea? So the next one is don't be afraid of making mistakes. I feel like this is such an important one and one that I always think of in my journey of learning Spanish <laughs> because that's something that I really hated at the beginning was making mistakes. It made me not want to speak it as much. But you know, as a teacher, we're always telling our students it's okay to make mistakes, it's part of learning. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really understood and started to practice what I preach in a way. Um, I found that making mistakes really helped me to learn more and to make progress because that's kind of when I reflected more. Um, mm -hmm. You know, after speaking to someone, I would think about what I said and what mistakes I made. Mm -hmm. But then by doing that, it was like I was learning from them. And, you know, I then was able to improve and not make the same mistake over and over. Mm -hmm. Totally. So you said you had to practice what you preach. What does that mean? Yeah. So if I, I was basically teaching and I was telling my students, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's part of learning. But then I wasn't doing that myself. So by mm -hmm. practice, by practicing what you preach, it means that what you're teaching others or telling others to do, you also do yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. So you have to kind of like not just talk the talk, but also walk the walk, right? Is another way we might say that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so definitely, I think it's like the most important thing is I actually like wrote an article a while back that was kind of talking about, you know, how to not make mistakes when speaking English. And basically the way to not make mistakes is to make lots and lots of mistakes and to correct them and everything. And I think it's very similar to the last one that most learners are really scared about speaking English because of the mistakes. They're afraid that natives or even other learners are going to judge them based on those mistakes. But like really when you meet a native, it's, it's very rare that you're going to meet a native who's going to be offended or who's going to care that you're making mistakes. Mm -hmm. So really it's like you should see it more as like these are the tools they're kind of like the stepping stone for you to be able to feel more confident to feel more fluent in everything in your english and the only way that you're going to get better is by making all those mistakes and correcting them definitely and it's like you said we don't care if people make mistakes most of the time you're going to find people that are really grateful for the fact that you speak English and that mm -hmm. you're trying to communicate with them like we appreciate that people are trying you know even when it's difficult for them that's the most important thing I think 
Totally. And I think something that's really important to recognize too is that even natives make a mistake. We don't speak English perfectly, even though it's our first language. And you probably can recognize this in your first language that sometimes there's things that you're speaking quickly with your friends and you might say something that's not grammatically correct or something. So um, there might be, you might feel really bad about your mistakes and like a native, maybe they might not even notice it, especially if they're not an English teacher. Definitely. And the amount of times that I hear people when I'm in when I'm in the UK, the amount of times that I hear people making grammatical errors when they're speaking happens all the time. But, you know, no one cares. No one's judging them. They're still able to communicate. And it's a good thing to keep in mind, you know, so that you're not discouraged. Mm -hmm. So I think this goes hand in hand with the next one. I think a lot of people, they feel afraid of making mistakes. And so kind of to get ahead of that, to be able to kind of already make themselves not feel bad about those mistakes, they'll start out the conversation by saying, I'm so sorry for my English. Yes. So the third tip is don't apologize for your level. Mm -hmm. So this definitely over the years, being an English teacher and like traveling and meeting a lot of people who speak English as a second language, it's definitely become one of my pet peeves and what is a pet peeve, Andrea? So a pet peeve is something that annoys you. Mm -hmm. Do you have any pet peeves? I I do have a few. I think they're kind of more to do with cleaning because <laughs> of, um, or like tidiness, little things mm -hmm. like that, just from growing up with my mom who was really, really tidy. And sometimes mm -hmm. um, I catch myself like having those kinds of pet peeves. Totally, that's a great example. So basically, I said I have a pet peeve for when people start out a conversation saying, I'm so sorry for my English, or I'm so sorry for my mistakes. Because when you start out the conversation by doing it, you're kind of framing the other person's perception of you. So when you say that right away, they're going to think, okay, so your, your English isn't that good. When maybe, you know, if you don't start out by saying that, you just start out with kind of the curiosity and the intention to communicate. So um, connection, not perfection, then you might end up having a really good, interesting, confident conversation. And even if you make some mistakes, it's not really a big deal. So when you start out by apologizing, then that person's already going to think like, okay, well, you know, you're an English learner or your English isn't that good. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like you, you should just go for it and let that person kind of make their, their own judgment, whether it's positive or negative. Don't let that affect you. I think nine times out of 10 is going to be a positive perception anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but for sure, most people will appreciate that you're trying again. And, you know, I'm guilty of this as well in my Spanish language learning. I would often <laughs> apologize to people. Um, I would say to them, you know, I, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry for my Spanish. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, if you keep doing that, it's not going to help your self-esteem. Like people are kind anyway. Like mm -hmm. I think when you start and you're trying to speak in a foreign language, most people just appreciate and, you know, they'll recognize maybe that you're not a native mm -hmm. and maybe that they need to speak a little bit slower for you or repeat something and they're not going to be mad at you. Yeah. And if they are, if you meet someone who is getting angry at you because you're making mistakes in English, then that's probably someone you don't want to be talking to anyway. So yeah. yeah. Or like you said, you know, maybe they just don't have experience mm -hmm. um, with 
different levels or people that don't don't speak the language as a native or something and you know they're just someone that gets frustrated easily mm -hmm. so that said what is number four so number four is don't get frustrated with yourself so i think this is very common that you see english learners that you can't think of a word and so like automatically you start getting like really angry like i know this word why can't i remember it and stuff when you know that kind of just gets in the way and, and like especially if you're talking to someone and they can see that frustration in you and everything I think it definitely kind of puts up more of a wall between you so what would you recommend someone does instead if they're kind of feeling this frustration about not being able to communicate as uh, as fluently as they would like to well I would say you know if you're struggling to find the words just try and think of a different way of explaining it even like if it's easier for you to describe something mm -hmm. um for example i went to the florist yesterday because they're finally open and i wanted to buy some different flowers and i didn't know the names of, of certain things or when i was trying to ask how to care for the flowers and things like that but rather than getting frustrated with myself and you know i think that tends to create a block mm -hmm. rather than doing that i was just asking in a different way you know maybe it's a more simple way but the the person that worked there was still able to understand me and mm -hmm. we were able to communicate um so communicating is more important than speaking perfectly exactly i think that anytime you're in a situation where you don't know a word, it's like just kind of take a breath, relax, and like try to think, okay, how else can I say this? I think when you are learning another language, you have to become very creative at the way that you explain something. And I think even you can be a very fluent English speaker or speaker of a, another language without knowing all the vocabulary, without knowing all the words, if you become really good at finding different ways to explain what you want to say. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that a lot of this kind of comes down to, you know, being able to maybe not just use your words, but use your body, use objects, you know, pick up something or, you know, draw a picture, whatever it kind of takes to be able to communicate, to get your meaning across. So I think that uh, so much of learning a language is just kind of like that creativity. And then also instead of getting frustrated, you know, you can learn to maybe laugh at yourself more. I think this is something that uh, I did like an improv class a year ago or so and it was like a really great takeaway a really great learning from it was that they kind of taught us that we, we did these kind of like very difficult exercises like coordination exercises and they taught us that when you make a mistake instead of like getting frustrated or being like ah oh, i made a mistake just like laugh at yourself just be like haha i made a mistake and yeah. you know instead of like seeing it as something bad starting to see it as something that's that's funny as something that happens and you know that kind of empowers you to continue doing it and to continue getting better that's a really good way of looking at it, actually. I think mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a really good advice. And, you know, if you're describing, you know, what you want to explain in a different way, you'll also find that maybe the person you're speaking to will then offer up some vocabulary and you might actually learn new words or a new way to, to describe something or explain something. So it mm -hmm. could be really, really useful. Totally. I think it's definitely the other person. If you're not getting frustrated, if you're having fun with it, the other person's going to feel much more comfortable speaking with you. Wouldn't it be great if there were some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. 
With our real-life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real Native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod, that's P-O-D, to sign up. Now let's get back to today's podcast lesson. All right, so now we are on to the mistake number five, the fifth thing that you shouldn't do. What is it? Don't take it personally when people don't understand you. So I think this goes in line with all the other ones. It can be very easy, right? When you're speaking with someone, that kind of like frustration, a lot of times you'll put the blame on the other person even. You'll be like, you know, why can't you understand me? I know I'm saying this right. Or, you know, it could be something that you're, you're not using the right word, you're not pronouncing it right. And I think a lot of people will actually take it out on the other person. Yeah, that's true. And I think that most of the time people will be able to understand you, but in those small occasions where people are finding it more difficult you know you you shouldn't take it personally because that person maybe hasn't had the experience of speaking to a foreign language learner and so they're not used to hearing a different accent or a different way of explaining things and you know don't get frustrated with yourself just try to stay calm in that time try and think of a different way of explaining it again or like you said earlier um, you know you can use body language and things like that just think of different ways to explain it again mm-hmm. yeah i think like even if you get really desperate you can even like pull out your phone and go on google translate and, and translate what you want to say so that the other person can see it or, or write it down maybe if it's a thing with pronunciation and then I, I know like when i was learning german that was like the first language i learned I studied in school and when I, I went over to study abroad in Germany and I got there and I like started speaking and no one could understand me because yeah. like no one ever taught me correct pronunciation. And so like I just started like if people didn't understand me, I started just like writing it down. They say, oh, you mean like blah, 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 blah. And then they would kind of correct my pronunciation and I learned the correct pronunciation. So uh, again, it's kind of like don't take it personally. Don't get too frustrated and just kind of try to find another way. And, and ultimately, I think people will be open to helping you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, so we just have a couple more. What is the sixth one, Andrea? So the next one is don't compare yourself to other English speakers. Yeah, so I think it can be very easy to see other people maybe who speak English better than you. I mean, it's really with anything that you're learning, it's so easy to compare yourself and you really want to be able to like speak like all these other people who you see are such fluent speakers or, um, you know, you're, you're a dancer and everything. You probably can see someone who's like a professional dancer who knows all this. And you're like, I want to be able to do that like right now. And I'm like practicing, learning how to like sing right now. And it's like the same thing that I see professional singers. And I'm like, why can't I do that? Yeah. But uh, I think that really you have to see that like all, everyone learns differently, right? We all take different times. So, to some people, it might come easier. To other people, we have to work more at it and everything. And just kind of seeing that you are unique as a person and this journey of learning the language is going to be unique to you. You can't exactly compare your journey to someone else's. Exactly. And I think you need to be proud of what you've accomplished on your journey 
and less of what others think about you because everybody is different. You don't know how many hours someone else has put in. You don't know how long they have been learning the language. So there's lots of different variables. So there's lots of different reasons why maybe you think they're better than you. Um, but rather than comparing yourself and getting frustrated, look at, look at it as something to aspire to, mm -hmm. you know, ask them, oh, how did you learn English? What did you do? Maybe you can get some tips from them. Mm -hmm. um, and, but be proud of your own journey and what you've accomplished because learning a language is not easy. And the fact that you're taking that on is, is already like really, really great. Yeah. I think both of those are really fantastic pieces of advice that, you know, you need to kind of be proud of what you've already done. I think too, kind of going back to like the not apologizing thing is learning a language is really difficult. There's so many things that you have to, you have to like learn the pronunciation. You have to learn to pronounce sounds that don't exist in your language. You have to learn tons and tons of vocabulary. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, that means you have a pretty good level of English already. And you should be proud of that. You should be proud of all that hard work that you've put in. And you know, someone else on their journey, just like Andrea said, they are at a different place and maybe they've been learning a lot longer than you have and they've kind of had like the benefit of putting more hours. I definitely now, I try to remind myself because I get that kind of like frustration sometimes when I see someone that does something that I'm learning a lot better than I do. I try to just like remind myself that they've probably been doing it for a lot longer or, you know, they have other circumstances that aren't the same as my own. And I just need to use that as to empower myself to work harder at it. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. And there was something in the blog that I thought was really great. And we should say it here as well was don't waste time worrying about your level and use that time to practice instead. You mm -hmm. know, worrying about it is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to make you more frustrated. And rather than doing that, think about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, that time that you would take worrying. Actually, think about how you can use it instead to practice an aspect of the language that you're finding difficult or something that you need to improve on. Mm -hmm. Or I think that's very similar to the people who are like, what is the, the right way to learn English and everything? They're always learning like, I don't know how to learn English. And it's instead of like worrying so much about how you should do it or what's like the perfect routine, the perfect way to do it, just start doing something, start doing some exercise, take some course, and you're going to kind of find that if you do that, then you know, you're going to just start making progress and you can continue looking for more efficient ways as you start to get more progress, you'll recognize ways that work better for you, but it's kind of just do something, you know, is better than nothing. So now we're on to the last one. If you have not been guilty of any of the other ones, then I certainly hope that you're not guilty of this one, that if you are already fluent or you just think you are, don't get cocky. So this word cocky that Andrea said before, it means like you're arrogant. It means you think a lot of yourself. So I've also met people who are like this, who think that they're so great that they, they think they have like this really amazing English and stuff. But of course, those people too make mistakes and everything. And I think if you are like that, if you are really arrogant about it, or if you're putting other people down, then when you make a mistake, like, you know, people are going to notice it more. They're going to even be happy to kind of see that this not very nice, cocky, arrogant person is not perfect. They're not, you know. And it's also quite dangerous because if you get too arrogant or too cocky about your, your level, then what might happen is that you will stop practicing or maybe you'll, you'll stop learning where really your language learning never stops. 
So whether it's speaking more and more and practicing what you've already learned, if you get really cocky, then you might actually regress. You might actually take some steps back so that you're not as great as you thought you were. I think mm -hmm. that's important to recognize is that even like in life in general, like learning never stops. Totally. I think even for like native English speakers or for you in your native language, there's always new things that you can learn in your own language as well. If you want to like start reading really difficult literature and things like that, you're going to be finding all this like vocabulary that you don't ever encounter. And I definitely appreciate that sometimes when I'm like reading something and I come across like a new word in English that I didn't know. So I think that's something that you have to recognize is that this is a lifelong process. You'll be studying this language your whole life, hopefully. And that even when you get to a point where you're really comfortable having conversations, know that there's like a still a new level that you have to open up to. So figuring out how do you open up to that? What's like the next thing that you have to learn and just kind of seeing it as a, a process of growth. So I really think the like ultimate thing here is that instead of being cocky, kind of like using it to help other people. So seeing other people who have been in a position you've been in in the past and seeing, you know, how can I help them to make their English learning journey better? Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, that will be really fulfilling for you as well to mm -hmm. know that you're able to help others and it will probably help you improve as well because when you're actually teaching something that you've already learned, that's really another great way to cement your own learning. Totally. We've been talking a lot lately about how one of the best ways to learn is to teach. So a lot of times when you learn something in English, it can be really great that you take that right away and you explain it to like someone else who you know is learning English because that will, like Andrea said, that will really cement it inside of you. So that can be like a really great thing for you to take away from today's podcast maybe is to actually go and talk to somebody about these seven things and maybe talk about what are some of the ones that you do common. You can laugh at your own mistakes. You can laugh at kind of like the shortcomings that you've had in the past. What's a shortcoming? A shortcoming is when you've come short on something, so you haven't quite hit your goal. Um, you know, you're, you're just a, a few steps behind maybe, or you just haven't quite reached it yet. Exactly. So that's something like, as we talked about in this podcast, learn to like laugh at your own mistakes, learn to laugh at like the things that maybe make you imperfect and really just striving to get better and better, seeing it as a process for growth, seeing it as a journey and not just a destination of English fluency or something like that. So do you have any last words, Andrea, before we wrap up this podcast? I would just say that, you know, really try and try and think about how you can apply these things not to do when you speak English um, in your own life and get started with it. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you think, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm always apologizing for my level or I'm always getting frustrated with myself. Just say, okay, this week I'm going to try and not do one of these things and then slowly build on that. That's really fantastic advice. I could not say it better myself. So all of the vocabulary, the expressions that we've been talking about in today's podcast and some of the ones that we didn't even define, you'll find over on reallifeglobal.com and just look for seven things not to do. And you'll also find the full article that we're referencing. And when we finish the video, we will also put that there. So thanks so much for joining us here on the Real Life English Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week. Ah, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. 
Don't be a stranger. You can find all of the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, music, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.